what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. There's no seal strong enough to hold Jesus Christ. There's no guard strong enough to hold Jesus Christ. The grave could not hold Jesus Christ there because He never sinned and He was the Son of God. And when He died on Calvary, He cleansed every sin that you and I could ever have. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. with me please in your Bibles to 2 Samuel chapter 15. The book of 2 Samuel chapter 15. We're going to pick it up with verse 30. 2 Samuel 15 verse 30. And David went up by the ascent of Mount Olivet and wept as he went up and had his head covered. And he went barefoot, and all the people that was with him covered every man his head, and they went up, weeping as they went up. And I just want to stop right there and use for a subject this morning, preaching a few minutes, David's ascent to Mount Olivet. David's ascent to Mount Olivet. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for his help today. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you today. For all of your many blessings of life. We thank you most of all for sending your son into this world to die for our sins that we might be saved. And Lord, today I thank you for this honor and this privilege of being able to stand before these people to minister your word. And I know today there are many needs and questions, Lord, and I only have words, so I ask for the anointing of your spirit today to rest upon me. Help me to rightly divide this word of truth that the needs will be met, that the people will be edified and drawn closer to you, I pray today, in some way. And Lord, we're just careful to give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. David is on the run once again. And this time it's not from a threatening Saul, but it's from his own son, Absalom. Absalom was David's second son. He hated David because David's firstborn son, Amnon, took advantage of his half-sister, Tamar. And David was angry when he heard of this situation, but he did nothing to correct the situation. So Absalom hated David because of this. And Absalom took matters into his own hands and killed Amnon. After a period of about five years, we see where Absalom came before David and David forgave him of 
killing his brother, and restored unto him all the rights and privileges as a son of the king. And although David had forgiven Absalom, Absalom would not forgive David. And instead of taking this opportunity to further the work of God, he uses this opportunity to undermine David's authority and to try to take the kingdom away from David. At this particular time, most of Israel knew of the sin of David and Bathsheba and the murder of her husband Uriah. Most of them were of the idea that David was unfit to be the king of Israel, and many of them sided with Absalom. Never mind that God had forgiven David. Never mind that Israel was one of the most prosperous nations in the world of that day, and all of it was because of David and the anointing of God that was on his life. The people did not see that, and then they sided with Absalom. And when word came to David that the hearts of the people were after Absalom, David made the decision to leave the throne of Israel. He could have very easily have stayed there in Jerusalem and fought to keep the throne, but he knew had he stayed there, Absalom would have come in with the edge of the sword and thousands of innocent lives would have been killed. And so David made the decision to leave. And he left in a hurry. But David didn't leave in such a hurry to where he left God out. As David left out of the city, he took the time to take the Ark of the Covenant with him, which symbolizes the glory of God, symbolizes the presence of God. And let me tell you this. When it comes to moving the Ark of God, you just didn't walk in the tabernacle, pick it up, and stick it in your pocket, and walk out with it. There was a way in which the ark was to be moved. There was a way in which it was to be transported. So when David left Jerusalem and all the people with him, all the Levites were with him and the priests were there offering up sacrifices as the people followed David out of the city. Now let me just stop right there for just a minute. Who are you following? If the one you are following is more interested in the presence of people than they are the presence of God, you're following the wrong one. Well, Brother James, how do you know? You'll know by the offering up of the sacrifice, Jesus Christ. If that preacher is not preaching the cross... You don't need to be following him. You don't need to be listening to him. And that sacrifice was being offered up as the ark of God was transported and the people were following David. 
And at a given point in time, David realized why all of this was happening. It was happening because of the chastisement of God. The chastisement of God was on David because of a sin that he had committed some 10 to 12 years ago. And he told the priest to take the ark back. He asked them if they would, while there in Jerusalem, if they would be spies for him and send him information as to what was going on. And then David begins to make his ascent up Mount Olivet. Diana, if you will, put it up on the screen. 2 Samuel 15, verse 30. He wept as he went up, had his head covered, and he went barefoot. Here we see a man who is deeply broken and humbled by the events which are taking place. This is probably the lowest point in David's life. But I want you to notice in this verse, four times it says, went up. Look at it. Went up. David may be down. David is deeply humbled by what all is going on. But the Bible says he was going up. I wanted to point that out to you this morning and just simply tell you this. The way up with God is down. You either humble yourself or be humbled. Most of Israel was against David at this time. He's not fit to be king. God is not even for David. But I submit to you that during this time, God was moving through this man like never before. Because it was during this time that David wrote six of the Psalms. He wrote Psalm 3, Psalm 41, Psalm 43, Psalm 51... Psalm 69 and Psalm 109. He said, Psalm 3, verse 2, Many there be which say of my soul, There is no help for him in God. Very few bought any stock in David at this time. But the anointing of God was upon his life. And God was moving through him like never before. And Atea, the Philistine, saw this. He recognized it. David was on his way. And he noticed this stranger. Had a very large group of men with him. And David inquired as to who this individual was, and someone told him, and his name was Atea. And David asked him, and said, I notice you've been with me since yesterday, what's going on? And he said, it's not right for you being a, a Philistine, a Gentile, it's not right for you to be following me. I, I don't have anything to offer you. 
Now's not a good time. I'm going to have to stay wherever I can stay. I don't have a palace to go to. It'll be best for you and your men to just go on back where you came from. And I want you to notice what I tell you the Philistine said. 2 Samuel 15 verse 21. I tell you, answered the king and said, As the Lord liveth, and as my Lord the king liveth, surely in what place my Lord the king shall be, whether in death or life, even there also will thy servant be. Here we have, in a day when most of Israel was against David, we have this Philistine who is all for David. Not much has changed from then until now. Because even today, most of Israel is against the greater son of David, Jesus Christ. While the Gentile church is all for him. As David makes his ascent up Mount Olivet, he receives word that his top advisor, Ahithophel, has joined the conspiracy with Absalom. And when David heard those words, I can imagine his heart dropped down in his stomach. Ahithophel, his fame was known all over Israel because he was the wisest man in the world of that day. The Holy Spirit said that his counsel and his wisdom was as if it were the oracles of God. Ahithophel, he was Bathsheba's grandfather. He couldn't get over what David had done to Bathsheba and the murder of her husband, Uriah. And there might have been some other reasons, but for whatever the reasons were, we have the wisest man in the world of that day who allowed his own personal grievances, anger, to cause him to cast his lot toward Absalom. And David prayed to God that God would turn his wisdom into foolishness, which he did, and I'll deal with that in just a moment. But let me show you something here. Psalm 41, I want to show you something that David wrote during this time. The Spirit of God was moving through this man at the lowest point in his life. He said, Psalm 41, verse 4, I said, Lord, be merciful unto me, heal my soul. For I have sinned against thee. It had been at least 10 to 12 years since this terrible thing with Bathsheba and Uriah. And God had forgiven him. 
and God had cast it into the sea of forgetfulness. But David was ever reminded of it. Let me tell you this, sin stays with you. There are certain things that you can dabble with and get involved with, and you'll regret it for the rest of your life. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not saying that God won't forgive you, because if you'll truly go before God and ask Him, He'll forgive you. And God will cast it into the sea of forgetfulness. But there are some things that will weigh heavy on your mind as long as you live. And there are some of you listening to me right now. You're being tempted to go in a certain direction. And you know it's wrong. But the temptation is so great. The temptation is so strong. And even now you're planning and scheming to try to bring about an opportunity to do this thing, whatever it may be. Let me warn you, God will forgive you if you do it. But it can weigh heavy on your mind. It can haunt you for the rest of your life. David said, Be merciful unto me, heal my soul. For I have sinned against thee. Mine enemies speak evil of me. Verse 5. When shall he die and his name perish? Those who were against David at this time not only wanted to kill him, but they wanted to erase his name from the history books altogether. Look what he's done. He's not fit to be king. We don't even want his name mentioned. On anything as it pertains to Israel. But I remind you, despite what David did, Jesus Christ condescended to be called the Son of David. Look at verse 7, Psalm 41, verse 7. All that hate me whisper together against me. Against me do they devise my hurt. An evil disease, they say, cleaveth fast unto him. And now that he lieth, he shall rise up no more. The religious leaders of Israel thought that if they crucified Jesus Christ that there was no way he could recover from that. This whole thing will be destroyed and put away. When he was crucified and Jesus was placed in the tomb, they even had a seal placed upon the stone and had guards to stand there. But there's no seal strong enough to hold Jesus Christ. There's no guard strong enough to hold Jesus Christ. The grave could not hold Jesus Christ there because He never sinned and He was the Son of God. And when He died on Calvary, He cleansed every sin that you and I could ever have. And for every single human being who has ever lived. And His rising from the grave is proof that what he did at Calvary was a finished work. 
They said he would rise no more. They thought they had David in a position. He will rise no more. But David did come back to that throne. And just as David came back to the throne of Israel, Jesus Christ is coming back to this earth to rule and reign for a thousand years and of His kingdom there shall be no end. Glory to God. When David wrote this psalm, I don't know if he realized it or not, but he was prophesying of events that will take place about a thousand years later. If you look there, Psalm 41 verse 9. Yea, mine own familiar friend in whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread, has lifted up his heel against me. When David wrote that, more than likely he was thinking about Ahithophel, who had sided with this conspiracy with Absalom. But this word was prophetic, and it pointed to Judas in what Judas would do to the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm trying to show you something here. I don't think I'm doing it good. The lowest point in David's life, when everyone was against him and they said, God is not even for him. God was moving through this man like never before. David, when he got to the top of that mountain, 2 Samuel 15, verse 32 he worshipped God. The situation was serious. And I want to show you the faith of someone here. Because see, in the midst of your trial, when you're in the heat of the battle, and everything's against you, you go to work and they're giving you a pink slip. And you come home, find out that your water heater's busted and there's water all over the floor and the dog is bitchy. And you go to the mailbox and you find a letter in there from Uncle Sam. They're going to check you out all the way back to the Civil War era. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And you get a phone call and the doctor said that test they run on you last week, it's cancer. And now you're in the heat of it. Worship God. There was a commercial back years ago advertising some kind of detergent where you put in your dishwasher. And the lady's standing there, she's opened up her dishwasher, and she pulls out the glass, and it's got spots all over it. And the announcer comes on and says, when you've washed your dishes, and there are spots all over them, just shout. Shout. Shout it out. Glory to God, shout it out. What are you trying to say, preacher? I'm trying to tell you this morning, when the devil's hit you hard and everything's coming against you, shout the glory of God because God is still on your side. And David worshiped God in the midst of this trial. Wrote six of the Psalms. David learned something too. He's up there on top of Mount Olivet. And here comes his best friend, Yushai. 
And David said, you shy, what in the world are you doing up here? You don't need to be up here in the shape you're in. Yushai had some kind of a physical limitation. We don't know exactly what it was. Maybe he was on up in age. or uh, we, we don't know exactly what it was, but there were some physical limitations. And he didn't need to be in rough terrain. Okay, But yet this man had made his way from Jerusalem, from the comforts in the city, up there to this rugged mountainous terrain where David was at. And David said, Yeshua, what are you doing up here? I told you to stay in Jerusalem. But Yeshua wanted to be there with his friend David. I imagine had you and I seen Yeshua, more than likely it was all this man could do to help himself, let alone be of any help to David. But as you read on a little bit further, you find out that God used this man. And this man was more of a help to David during this time, despite his limitations. So I said all of that to say this this morning. When David ascended up to Mount Olivet, it was a place where he prayed. It was a place where he worshipped God. It was a place where he wrote six of the Psalms. It was also a place where David learned to be careful in how you judge the abilities of others because just because a person has limitations and you say, them folks can't help me, they might be the only ones that God can use. If the program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. We have Sunday school every Sunday morning at 945 and worship service at 11, as well as prayer meeting and Bible study every Wednesday night at 730. Go to establishinthefaith.com and click on the events tab for gospel singings and other special services. That's right, Jules. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMET community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you. (music) 